You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Freestyle. Yo, what's going on, my peeps? I like those little chickens. I like to talk to them. My name's Tony Zicata. He's Benny Ricciotti. And we're here on the Fantasy Freestyle. And we're going to get it done Weekdays for the from next 7 to 8 56 minutes. I don't know what the heck happened there. Chris Bavona, he's a guy that likes to talk a lot, even when he's not here. Yeah, see, I was going to say, I didn't think, uh, I think we got uh, JP down there on the on the producer's desk, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. JP is this is in the hizzy, and uh, the problem with JP in the hizzy is no one told him about the movie, so he, he's, uh, I don't know if we're going to have a movie vote tonight, and people are going to be, uh, we'll, we'll double up tomorrow, we'll double up and knock it down, how about that tomorrow night, is that the way we're going to go about it, we're going to double up movies tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to be a two for one showing. it used to be double features. Yeah, that's it, two for one, double yeah, feature, that's it. used to be double better. features back in the day. Now, you know what's crazy? When we were younger, didn't you always like hope to go to the movies with a girl and make out with her at the movie theater? I go to a movie theater. I never see people making out. Yeah, you know, and it's actually a lot easier to do now. I don't, I don't know about your movie theater, but we got like the swanky new one by us, where like they have these seats that recline, and you can oh, actually yeah. put the the armrest up of the yeah. seat in the middle. Because my kids always do that and then fall asleep on my lap after I pay fifteen dollars for them to go see a movie. So. Oh, I'm the guy that falls asleep. Yeah, I'm the guy. I go with the kids in the movie, and I'm the one that falls asleep. That's not a bad deal. I should try that. My kids, see, the, the problem is my kids would be like, Dad's asleep. <laughs> Let's go. And, you know, I'm taking his wallet. And we're going to go buy $50 worth of candy and, you know, run around like crazy and swing from the chandeliers. And I don't know. My kids are a little nuts. Did you ever go to a drive-in movie back in the day? I have been to one. Yeah, I was. I went to one in upstate New York when I was uh, probably like like – I don't know, 12 or 13 years old, my, my grandparents had a house up there, and there was literally nothing to do. It was like farmland up there, and the one thing that they did have in the town next to ours was a, was a you know, drive-in movie theater, so we used to go up there every once in a while. There you have it. When we come back, we'll break down early drafting. Are you in it? Are you out of it? Stay tuned for more for the Fantasy Freestyle. Quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. And it's power-packed with so much more, including fully sortable player projections and a custom cheat sheet generator. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at rotoexperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Welcome back to Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I got to tell you, 
what was going on is one of the crazy things. There's a story out today involving the Carolina Panthers and what their situation is at running back. Of course, they draft uh, with the first-round pick, Christian McCaffrey, and then they say Jonathan Stewart's still going to get touches. I said a couple weeks ago I thought he was going too late in drafts, uh, that people were giving up on this guy uh, too early. But if you're drafting now and you don't see how this offense is going to work, what do you do with this? I would think it has to move McCaffrey down draft board some and has to move Stewart up there if there's any indecisiveness at all. Yeah, and this is the problem that I have with people who draft three months before, you know, the season even starts and a lot of it. Now, I know like being in the industry, Tony, we're, we're kind of forced to do this a little bit of the time because you have all these – you know, preseason magazines that are coming out and, and, you know, there's, you know, the big kickoffs like we're doing on the station now for, for NFL. If I'm playing in any of my big money leagues, though, I'm not drafting in any of my, you know, bigger money leagues, any of the NFBC leagues I go into or any of the stuff I do in the, you know, fantasy football world championship, you know, over there. I'm not drafting in any of these until at least sometime in the middle of August. Like, I don't even bother going into any of my big money drafts. Now, with that being said, you know, a lot of people play the M- the MFL 10s. I don't really play them, but I understand the people who do. Um, I like that the NFBC has something very similar now with, like, these little $25, uh, you know, drafts that they've put together. I don't mind going in there. I go into some of these things. I try to get an idea of where guys are going and, you know, who's going a little bit you know, earlier than I thought, guys that surprised me. And this is one of the things. I mean, you said you were surprised that Jonathan Stewart was going so late. One of the things that I was so surprised about with was how early a guy like Christian McCaffrey was going. You know, some of these rookies, like, I understand, you know, everybody likes the shiny new toy and all that stuff. And, you know, how do you really gauge what is going to happen with some of these rookies this early in the, in the process? I mean, these guys haven't even gone in and started practicing with the teams yet. So you don't even really know how all this stuff is going to is going to shake out and that's is a great example of it. Like you said, you know, people are drafting McCaffrey pretty high. Everybody's thinking, "Oh, he's going to be the workhorse. He's going to get all the the volume, you know. Jonathan Stewart's going to be a guy that they just forget about." And then we get news like this today where, you know, they're still expecting 10 to 15 carries if not more per game out of Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, you're right. Stewart going, you know, like the 30th, 40th uh, running back off the board in some of these drafts. That's way too low for him. And, you know, McCaffrey, who's going off the board well sooner than that, is probably going to be way too high after we, you know, hear this news. And this is one of the reasons why when, you know, you asked the original question, do you do, you do your drafts this early? Again, I'm not putting any of my big money drafts out there right now because there's still so many unknowns that I want to have a better grasp on before I go and, you know, lay four or five figures on the line. No, and that that's the thing. You know, I, I have had some success in early drafts because you can get the opposite, too. You can get people like Jonathan Stewart's a guy I would have been drafting because mm-hmm. I would have said, hey, you know what, this guy was pretty good and I can get a bargain on him. And then if he, you know, gets up, gets six touchdowns, gets 1,000 yards, you know, and you got him in the 10th round, you get a bargain yeah, there. Great value. And so, yeah, so you can get guys like that. So I think there's a positives and negatives, and I think for the most part, it, it definitely dic- it favors the things that we do, but everybody that's drafting this early actually knows what they're doing. So it's a little tougher in that respect, too, is that you probably have better players against you at this point. 
Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, the you know, again, we talked about it the other day when, you know, we were switching over and now that we're starting to talk a little more football on the network, you know, we talked about the fact that the only people talking football right now in, you know, this part of July before the All-Star game even happens are really people that are in the industry. And the only people who are out there drafting, I mean, if you're going into a fantasy football draft right now and you look at the names that are in there, you know, the MFL 10s is a, is a great example of this. If you go into some of those MFL 10s right now, you can basically go down to the who's who of Twitter football and, you know, five, six, seven of those guys are probably seven of the ten guys that you're drafting against right now. So it's a good way to kind of, you know, see where people are taking guys and, and use it as a measuring stick. But if you're using it as a way to make profit right now, like, oh, I'm going to get in these early drafts before anybody else knows what's going on because I already did my homework. I can tell you for a fact that the guys you're drafting against are probably the ones whose stuff you were reading to do that homework. So, you know, you're not, you're not getting much of an advantage here. You know, one of the things I heard you guys talking about on the On Target show was is Mike Evans, an overrated 2017 fantasy pick. And I heard all the reasoning, and I heard all that. What's your thoughts? I mean, right now he's going the seventh pick overall. And I don't have any problem where he's going. And I think that when you look at that Tampa offense, yeah, they bring in a couple extra targets, but he's still the guy there. You can make the you can actually make the case that it's going to help him out if there's other targets because before he was the only one he had to even cover on the field. Yeah, and you know this is why I, if you were listening, this is actually why I asked this question to you know Jake Sealy, our, our co-host over on the show. I said, well, what's your definition of him being overrated? I mean, are you talking about? He's the second wide receiver coming off the board because last year he finished as wide receiver two. I'm like, is that your definition of it? Because to me, you know, if Mike, like I said, on on target, if Mike Evans is available in the third round, I'm snatching him up and not even thinking about it. If Mike Evans is available, probably even in the second round, Tony, I'm snatching him up and not thinking about it. So if you basically are saying to me, you know, Mike Evans, you know, you look at Mike Evans as a first round pick. Yes, I look at Mike Evans as a first round pick. So if Mike Evans is there for me on the board, I mean, I I can't see a guy being overrated if you're talking about him as a first round pick. And that's why I said to Jake, like, are you saying he's overrated because people are talking about him as the number two overall receiver? All right, maybe you can make a case again for Odell Beckham or, or Jordy Nelson or one of those guys. Or maybe you can make a case for, you know, taking a you know, I don't know, whoever you like at the running back spot, whether it be LaShawn McCoy or Jordan Howard or Devonta Freeman, some of the names that are going in that in that same range. But, I mean, if he's still on the board after 10, I'm taking him. So I can't really consider him overrated. I mean, he's one of the top 10 players in football, in my opinion, in fantasy football. I, I, know, I understand what Jake was saying, that they brought in some more people. They brought in a, a deep field threat like... You know, Deshaun Jackson, who might take away some of the deep stuff, but isn't that also what Mike Evans does really well? Mike Evans is a six foot five inch guy who has insane speed and incredible jumping ability. To think that they're not going to take some shots down the field with him, too, is just crazy. And to build on what you were saying, I think it only makes it easier for him if you have other weapons out there. I mean, last year, yeah, you know, de- yeah. defense is keyed on him. He, they made Cameron Brait a household name, not because Cameron Brait is such a great receiver, but because defenses were so worried about Mike Evans that Cameron Brait was getting you know one-on-one coverage with linebackers and getting free runs into you know basically soft defenses because everybody was shading to the side of the field that Mike Evans was on. Yeah, I mean, adding more weapons, adding more balance to a to a you know lot, to a offense only makes it tougher for coordinators to kind of figure out what to do against you. 
Yeah, and that's where I think that you know people are overemphasizing if they take that point with Mike Evans. And I'll tell you what, I like to fall a couple spots because I like picking that ninth or tenth spot. And if I can get him, I'll be very happy with that. And I think that one of the things I was thinking about today too is this Julio Jones situation, right? People are shying away from Julio Jones because of the foot issue that he's had. Mm-hmm. And yet, when I think about it, he's played the last two years with that foot issue, and he's been a top wide receiver. So uh, what are we expecting him getting worse? Or, or why, why do we get scared of Julio Jones when it's an existing injury he's played through for a couple of years already? Yeah, I mean, to me, Julio is somebody who he does make me nervous, I'm going to be honest. In the first round, he does make me a little nervous, but in my opinion, he's – Still the second best wide. Well, he's arguably the best wide receiver. For me, he's the second guy that is going to come off the board. If I have a chance to take Antonio Brown ahead of him, I will. But other than that, it's very tough for me to make the case that, oh, I'd rather have Odell Beckham. I wouldn't rather have Odell Beckham. You know, oh, Jordy Nelson is that guy. I I feel like people are way too high on Jordy Nelson. I I, I understand you know the thought process. I I realize what people are talking about, but remember they had zero running game last year, and they had to throw the ball literally all the all the time. And yes, he was the beneficiary of that. But I think the bigger thing is like last year. I think people underrated you know Jordy Nelson. This year, I feel like people are overrating him a little bit. We'll come back. We're talking more sports tonight. Find out where you're at, where we're at, and we'll get together right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. So don't go anywhere. Come back with Benny and Tony. Quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis. Rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Sports Byline, American Forces Radio. We're glad to have all the listeners out there, and we are absolutely getting it done. I'll tell you about getting it done. Michael Brantley hits a triple to knock in Francisco Lindor, one nothing Cleveland over San Diego in the bottom of the first. And we have Lance McCullers has two walks already in the first inning as he's trying to get out uh, with a man on first and second. One out in that contest. And Chris Stale struck out the first batter there. That Pittsburgh-Philadelphia game, we were worried about the weather. That game did get underway. Uh, They're in the top of the third inning. No score there. 0-1 count there with no outs in the top of the third inning. And the Mets-Washington game started out in a rain delay. It was crazy about that where I think you're in trouble, to tell you the truth, is that the rain was supposed to get worse as the night went. Yeah, so if they started in it, it's it's definitely not a good sign if they're starting in a delay now, because if it's going to get worse, then it's just going to wind up getting called very likely. So It's too late now. You can't do anything about it, because it was a scheduled 7.05 start. So if you had those guys in your lineup and you didn't take them out, 
you know, sorry. You know what's crazy is uh, when you think about it as a fan, right? What is worse than going to the ballpark when it's pouring out because they won't call off the game and you got to make sure you're there just in case they call it up? Like, why can't these teams make it earlier? You know, it was funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because before we came on the show, um, I was kind of looking to see like what the deal was with the weather situation, both for the Philly and uh, and Pittsburgh game, which wasn't on the main slate, and then also for this Washington game. And everybody at Philly, um, the Philly Pittsburgh game, was basically saying like, you know, I'm sitting in my car outside of the gate right now. Like, you know, can you make a decision? I don't want to pay twenty bucks for parking and then have the game get canceled. Apparently, I guess in Philly, if you pay to go into the parking lot and then they cancel the game, I guess they don't give you a refund. So you're basically just, you know, SOL for that 20 bucks. Well, that's what happens at Fenway Park because it's like $50 because they don't have like a – like the Red Sox don't own the parking lot. The private companies do. Yeah. And so basically is that you you get stuck and that's one of the crazy things, right? I mean, the the company doesn't says, "Hey, you know what? You parked here, and that's it." And uh, it's yeah. crazy. Chris Sale strikes out the side in the first inning tonight uh, against those Tampa Rays. Uh, so Chris Sale uh, picking up where he lifts off, and Cleveland actually put up three runs in the first inning. Uh, I don't know how Benny Stack's doing here uh, because I, you know they got a little later. It was. Jose Ramirez with a two-run homer. Yeah, I mean, I love Jose Ramirez, but he was getting expensive, and I wanted to pay up for Berrios and Sale, so I do not have him. But luckily, looking at the way that this game has started, all the other guys that I do have are probably getting five at-bats tonight, so, you know, I, I'm still going to be okay with it. What what it really does right now, Tony, is anybody who decided to throw the Nilsson Lamette in there, I mean, three runs in the first inning here and a couple hits... It's going to be tough for him to make up for this right now because I don't think he had a strikeout. I think it was uh, two pop flies and then oh okay, Chisholm actually just struck out to end the inning. So he's got one strikeout there, but he, he's going to need to really pick those strikeout numbers up to uh, to make up for giving up three runs in the first. It's interesting in the hundred dollar tournament I'm in. Uh, Chris Sale's only sixty eight percent owned tonight. I thought you know, I thought it would always be eighty percent owned. No, I, again, I mean, there are there are other high-end options that you could have paid for tonight. Now, again, I, I mean, I took Sale and Berrios, so, I, you know, I'm on board with the Sale situation, too. I think people, a lot of people try to get cute, Tony. You know, they look at the guy and they're like, oh, well, he's the highest paid guy. He's the most expensive guy on the board. I'm going to, you know, try to find uh, another way to go about it. I'm going to go cheap because everybody else is going to spend up on him. And I understand the concept behind it that, you know, if Sale has a bad game, those people are going to be in a, in a good situation. But there's a guy who's pitched four really good games in a row. And he's got, I don't know, definitely more good games than bad games. And I'm talking like really good games. I'm talking like, you know, 10 strikeout games, seven innings with like two runs or less kind of starts. You know, it's not like this is a gas can kind of guy or a guy who just got lucky. I mean, it's one thing if you're, you know, if you if you're like, oh well, you know what, Faria hasn't proven it to me over a long period of time yet. Uh, you know, I'll play against him tonight, use some Red Sox. But there was no way in in, in hell I was going to put anybody on the Tampa Bay Rays into my lineup tonight. That just didn't make any sense to me when people were like, oh yeah, I'm going to play against Sale tonight because you know if he has a bad game, I'm going to win. I was like, good luck with that. Let me know how it turns out for you. <laughs> Let me know how it turns out there. Uh, Lance McCall's right now. Bases loaded. He has two walks and a lot of hit. 
He does have a strikeout there, and uh, Troy Tulowitzki now uh, prevents him. Uh, we'll see if uh, Troy Tulowitzki is what he needs to get out of this inning unscathed in this one. Yeah, so he's going to get out of the inning. No big deal. He, you know, he could walk him in. Yeah, that's about. That's probably about the best thing you can hope for if you're a Jays fan right now. Now, when you played baseball, did you ever uh, not move from a pitch because bases were loaded? And he wanted to knock in the run so bad. Tony, I was a leadoff hitter. I did not move from pitches often. If you're if you're going to throw me inside really? and, and I'm standing in the batter's box, I don't have to move. I don't have to get out of the way. Now, I will say this, though. There was one game that we played against a kid when I was in high school, against a kid who wound up uh, getting drafted, and he threw in the low 90s. I moved. I moved out of that one. <laughs> that one was coming kind of hard. I'll never forget the I played a Mickey Mantle. I think the age is like 15 and 16 year olds, and uh, we they had this team had like this real heavy kid that was out there, and he just threw all these knuckle balls and curve balls and stuff. And one time the ball was coming at me, and I just you know I moved one foot back out of the box, and then the ball was still coming at me, and I just caught it and threw it back to him and said, uh, you know, <laughs> "Throw that over here, over here, so yeah. I can hit the damn thing." L- little because bit to I didn't want to walk. Like the pitch was. The pitch was so slow that I wanted to hammer it, and I ended up getting a hit too. It was pretty funny. Yeah, throw throw that throw the same thing just a little to the left there, buddy. Thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> I thought it was like yeah, I threw it. The ump didn't know what to do. I said you can't give me first base. I, yeah. I caught the ball. Call it a strike. But you should have just said that. It, call it a strike. I don't care. <laughs> give it to him. Give it to him. Let's go. He ain't gonna throw a two by past me. So that's where we are there. And of course, you guys are right now absolutely. Yeah, Lance McCullers does get a strikeout. So uh, Told you. a weird inning for McCullers. Two strikeouts, two walks, and a hit. Uh, there, but no earned runs. That's all that matters, right? I guess when you look at it, uh, when you look at an inning like that from McCullers and how uh, crazy that situation was, and it could have been absolutely brutal for fantasy owners. Nothing like letting up our runs early. He gets 4.45 uh, points out of that, and he loaded the bases in the first inning. Now, you know, you said something there, but uh, let me let me take a little bit of uh, you know, let me take a little bit of uh, the other side of that and play some devil's advocate. Is this really an inning that's out of the norm for McCullers, or isn't this kind of what he does? I mean, he's going to strike out guys. That's how he gets his outs. Good. And he doesn't let up many hits. So, yeah, yeah, these are the the innings that you go through. But is there something wrong in daily fantasy scoring when a guy somehow uh, just take the one inning, two walks, a hit against him, strikes out two, and he gets a positive 4.45? Yeah, as opposed to if I walk one guy and induce three weak ground balls and get out of an inning on eight pitches, I only get 1.65 for for doing that. But here's yeah. the, here's the other thing, Tony, that we have to factor in as well. I didn't look at the exact number. I don't I don't have my uh my MLB at um, you know, at bat open right now, but he probably threw what? 25 30 pitches to get out of that inning. Yeah, I am guessing. Uh, I'm going to try to get that number. For yeah. So I, I mean, and the reason uh, why I say this for those of you, while Tony looks at the number, is you know if your starting pitcher so goes pitches, out there, how many? Yeah, I don't have the number, but you're, you're right. This is where you lose the points as they threw too many pitches. Yeah, because now he's you know let's say, let's say, let's just call it 25 as a you know as a, a you know a round 29 number. 29 pitches. All right, so he's almost at 30 right now. So let's say they do let him go 100, which with McCullers, they don't even always do that all the time. He's only got 70 pitches left to go. Now, the average inning, you're probably throwing, 
15, 16 pitches to get out, that means that at best today we're probably getting six innings out of McCullers. So, yeah, you're right. He can score four and a half points per inning, even though even if he doesn't pitch all that well. But if he's only going to get us six innings, I mean, that, that puts a ceiling at, what, 26, 27 tonight? You know, that might not be enough to get it done when you're paying 10, 11K for a guy. Yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly understandable. The Oh, we have a Pittsburgh Pirates score uh, in this game. It was scored by the Philadelphia Phillies, actually. And the Phillies put up one run to make it one nothing in the bottom of the third. Uh, that run it was scored by, uh, guess what? It was scored by Knapp, the catcher, in this one. There was no run batted in in this one. And so far, the Phillies' hits are from Althair has a hit. Odabel Herrera and Knapp has a run scored in this one. He got on via the walk, and there's no extra base hits for the Philadelphia Phillies, even though they're leading one nothing. Yep, it happens sometimes. And you know what? This game wasn't on a lot of the slates because it was, it was one of those weird, supposed to be, even though they had a delay, so it wasn't, but it was supposed to be one of those weird 6-10 starts. Um, yes. So you couldn't even play this game on the main slate on, on either side. I think it might have been on the all-day slate if you played... Uh, I think there was a 12-game slate that started at 1 on DraftKings, and that, probably the same thing over on FanDuel. I'm a bit, I don't mind playing the all-day slates. What about you, Benny, as far as all-day slates go? Now, I used to be – I used to tell people – I hate to you know say this, and, and I'm sort of wrong for saying it, but I used to think you were an idiot if you played the all-day slate on FanDuel because you couldn't make the change. But then the people that would like to argue with you would say, well, everybody has the same information at that point. I get it, but it seems like more luck's a factor than skill if you don't know who's playing. I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'm going to let Benny answer that question. All day slate, does he like it? Is it okay? Is he all in? Stay tuned for more for the Fantasy Freestyle. Brought to you by the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount. Welcome back to the Lineup Luck Show, brought to you by the folks at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. But it's not the Lineup Luck Show. We got you a little fool tonight. <laughs> We're staying here for Fantasy Freestyle and chiming in for our guy, 
who's uh, taking it easy tonight. I think he's relaxing on a beach somewhere and just saying, hey, I'm Dane Martinez. I'm cool. You're not. This is what I'm doing. It's it's a rough life that Adam Man leads. I'll tell you, you know, going beaches here, going to beaches there. You know, I haven't even left the uh, tri-state area in about a month. Yeah, that's a little crazy. But you will be next week as you'll be heading to the All-Star Game in Miami, Florida to take part. And what do you think about the decision by the Los Angeles Dodgers to say, hey, Clayton Kershaw, guess what? You're not going to the All-Star Game. We're going to pitch you on Sunday, and uh, you're going to take the All-Star Game off. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's tough. And, you know, we got into the discussion last night about, you know, the Bryce Harper situation and and doing it for – you know, the league and, and all that stuff. But when it comes down to it, I mean, you know, these teams are paying these guys. And in Kershaw's case, I mean, you know, $100 million to win games for the Dodgers, not to go out there and win games for, you know, the National League. Although, you know, with the rule, with the, the home field advantage and all that stuff, you know, do you think it comes back to bite them? <laughs> that, it'd be interesting because it seems like, it actually could uh, help out one of his teammates. It looks like that uh, Alex, Alex Wood, Wood can end up making the All-Star game. Well, you know what? Yeah. That, if that's the way it works out, I'm not going to be all that upset about it because Alex Wood has been he's been dominant. I mean, I've been using him in daily, and, and he's putting up just insane numbers. The kid has huge strikeout upside. His problem has always been a combination of staying healthy and getting himself into a starter spot because everyone kept using this kid out of the bullpen, which I, which I thought was just idiotic. He has electric stuff, Tony. I mean, we've we've seen it before. This kid can strike out. He can go out there and get six to ten strikeouts a game very easily over six or seven innings and just, you know, shut down the other team in the process. So I would have no problem with that. I mean, obviously you want to see Clayton Kershaw pitch, and it is the biggest stage and all that good stuff. But at the same point in time, if this gets Alex Wood in there, I don't really think that's much of a downgrade, at least at the moment, the way the two guys have been pitching. You could even argue that Alex Wood is pitching better than Clayton Kershaw right now. Uh, you could definitely make that argument, and it's going to be uh, an interest to see who the National League starter is because for all intents and purposes, uh, people expect it to be Chris Sale for the American League, and he'll get that opportunity uh, where he's pitching tonight, and he'll actually be on the uh, same day's number of rest and everything uh, that he could take that start. Yeah, I mean, to me, Sale and Scherzer, if you look at the numbers, have been you know, head and shoulders above everybody else and the clear best pitcher in their respective leagues right now. So if that's what you're looking at as your criteria for who the starter for the All-Star game should be, I mean, if we were giving out the Cy Young Award today, those two, in my opinion, would be the winners. And not only the winners, but it's tough to even make arguments for other guys. I think both of them could be unanimous winners if the if the vote was taken today. Josh Bell has homered for the Pittsburgh Pirates, 2-1 to one Pirates. And Mawin Gonzalez homers for the Astros, 1-0 Astros. Uh, in that one, and we have uh, the Cleveland Indians still ahead three to nothing with two outs in the bottom of the second. Uh, Kyle Zimmer on second base in that contest. Uh, Zimmer got on second base with a single and a stolen base for Zimmer. Oh, that's nice because I have him in my lineup. So that's a uh, you know he was a cheap guy today. Getting a single is nice. Getting a stolen base, he's uh, basically at three x. I think he was thirty one hundred on DraftKings. Single stolen base gets him eight points. Somebody hurry up and knock him around so he can score. Then he'll be over 3x. 
and then he'll uh, he'll be uh, absolutely going to get done. Jason Kipnis at the bat. Uh, Kipnis looks like he gets a single, but uh, oh, it was a walk, a walk there. So we have first and second in the uh, bottom of the third inning there, and we have a three to nothing Cleveland win lead in that contest. And the Houston Astros are at bat uh, still in the second inning. Alex Bregman gets a walk. The ninth hitter, Jake Marisnik, up at one nothing there. As Marwin Gonzalez, who might be, I don't know if they have a 10th player award or utility player, he's definitely got to be one of the leaders in that type of voting if they did in Major League Baseball. Yeah, especially against left-handed pitching. He's been hitting left-handed pitching very well this year. He's a very underrated guy, Tony. I mean, he, he does have some pop. He did this last year a little bit, too, but he wasn't getting as many, or I shouldn't say as many, but he wasn't getting the consistent at-bats as he's getting this year. I think this guy's pretty good. I think he's underrated. I think he can definitely go out there and you know help help your teams. He's more of a daily guy to me than a than a season long guy. For what you said is that he is more of a utility player. They move him around. They move him around in the field. They move him around in the lineup. You know, you never know where he's going to be playing. Sometimes it's first. Sometimes it's third. I think he's played the outfield at times this year as well. Wherever they kind of need him, but you know his bat, especially against lefties, has produced all season long. I like the uh, crisscross kids in that jump around. I used to be a big jump around guy. Yeah, the uh, the miggity miggity Mac Daddy. Yeah, yeah, things like that would be really good. You remember um, those kids called Hanson that weren't the hockey players, the ones that did the umbop. Yeah, they song? had the same hair as the hockey players, though. Yes, they did. Yeah. That was something uh, that you can't. You, you got to work at it with that kind of hair. Yeah, I I mean, my favorite Hanson brothers are still the ones from Slapshot, but, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Now, when you go to the All-Star game, are you going to be rooting for the American League because you're a Yankees fan, or you just sit there and enjoy the game? Like, I, I'm like, I don't know. I don't get fired up like the AL, NL. Where I live in Florida, people get fired up about, like, the Southeastern Conference, like, the Florida, they, they oh, love their that. SEC football. They think they're better. Yeah, they think they're better than everybody else, and everybody else is just bother. They're just borrowing the air that they breathe. I got to be honest, Tony. I'm not gonna, I, and, and this is gonna sound a little weird, but I probably care less about who wins the All Star game. I just want to go out there and see a good game and be part of the atmosphere and the excitement. You know where I will be very interested in rooting for the AL though is going to be in the home run derby. In the home run derby, I definitely want you know the AL guys to win. There's going to be two two of my Yankees are going to be competing in it. Um, my son is a huge Aaron Judge fan. Like it is, it is you know like literally he stops whatever he's doing when Aaron Judge is up in the house and watches every one of his at bats. I bought him a box of baseball cards yesterday, and we were opening them last night, just kind of talking baseball a little bit. And he got an Aaron Judge card, and literally woke up both of his brothers running around the house. So I wanted to kill him, but. You know, just to see how excited he was for that. Like, if Aaron Judge wins the home run contest or if he hits a home run in the All-Star game, that's what I'm really rooting for because I want to see my kid go nuts. That's, it's always fun when, you know, he gets really excited. And, you know, I think it'll be something that he'll never forget. So that'll be pretty cool if that could happen. Now, does your kid collect baseball cards with the passion they used to back in the day? I don't see many kids collecting baseball cards anymore. No, they really don't. And like I said, I literally bought him this box. Like It was basically like his introduction to 
baseball cards. I said to him, like, you know, we, we, I bought the box and I used it as kind of a way to, you know, kind of explain to him, like, oh yeah, these are some of the guys we're going to see. And, you know, cause I mean, he'll watch games, you know, he, he's, he's eight, so he gets to stay up a little later than his two younger brothers do. And I'm usually in the kitchen when I get out of, you know, work here. I go home and I eat dinner and I sit there and, you know, when I walk in, the TV's mine. Like, it, you know, the kids know, like, all right, it's either time to go to bed or time to go into, you know, the other room and watch TV because daddy's watching the big TV and he's old enough now where he stays around and, you know, watches baseball and he played, you know, this year in, in the league that's above, you know, the, the T-ball league where it's actually like real baseball that you're playing where the kids pitch and, you know, there's outs and they keep score and it's not everybody gets a participation award kind of thing. So he's starting to get into it and ask questions and stuff like that. So that's why I bought him the cards to do it, but it was actually his first, you know, box of baseball cards, his first packs of baseball cards that he's opened. That's uh, a big time in your family, right? When you get the first pack of baseball cards. I remember when my parents were talking about the first time of baseball cards, they were like, you can't eat the gum. They would take the gum away from me. Yeah, they don't have gum in them anymore. And you know what? You want to hear a funny story? Here's a funny story because this shows you how idiotic some of my friends are. We um, were actually at, like, a baseball card convention, and this must have been, I don't know, probably, like, I was out of college, so I want to say, like, 10 or 12 years ago. And, you know, my buddy was like, oh, man, I remember these packs when I was a kid. I'm going to buy one. And I forget what it was. I think it was Tops or something like that. It might have been, like, an 85 or an 86 top set or something. So he buys it, and he opens it up, and the first thing he does is put the gum in his mouth. And one of my other buddies is like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, what? I always eat the gum. And he's like, the pack is from 1986. That's a factory-sealed box. Like, that box hasn't been opened since 86. That gum is like – and he put it in his mouth, and, like, you could see because he took a bite, and it was just, like, crunchy. And he spit the whole thing out on the floor, and he's like, oh, that was great. And everybody just started laughing like, you know, like, what an idiot. And it was so funny. But they don't have those in the in the packs anymore. There's no gum in the pack anymore. So, you know, some things from our youth have we'll never see again, Tony. Oh, it's very very sad to take away the gum. The next thing they're gonna do is they're gonna take away your guns. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's probably a big stretch. But yeah, that's you know, that could be the next thing. I don't know. So you sound like an NRA commercial right now. <laughs> You know, I'm just saying. Uh, you know, that's people like to go far with, uh, you know, things. So uh, I figured I'd just throw it out there before someone else did. Well, you know, I mean, they're taking away all the fun stuff. This is, you know, it's like the NFL when they stop letting people celebrate. You know, you take away my gum, take away my guns. Like, what's left in the world? I mean, honestly. Yeah, so there you have it. We got everybody covered right here on Fantasy Freestyle. And we're making sure you know what's going on in the world because the world is a changing place. It's always a happy place. And you got to be in your happy space when you're in your happy place. And that's the way it is here. And when Dane Martinez gets back, he always puts me in my happy place. Yeah, I usually listen to Dane for I, – I, I usually miss about – 20 minutes of the show because for some reason the app doesn't work as well on my phone as I'm going through the Lincoln Tunnel so I hear it while I'm walking back to uh, you know back to get on the bus to go home and then I hear it when I get out of the Lincoln Tunnel and I'm waiting for them to you know drop me off and all the traffic at you know a little bit closer to my house so I don't have to walk up from the bottom of the hill 
Let me ask a quick trivia question, see if you know it. Go ahead. Who was the Lincoln Tunnel named after? Abraham Lincoln or Lincoln Kennedy, the offensive tackle? See, I always thought it was George Washington, so now I'm really confused. But if I had to guess, I'm going to say... Lincoln... Go ahead. Why would the Lincoln Tunnel be named after George Washington? I don't know. They do a lot of weird stuff up in New Jersey, Tony. It's, it's kind of a weird place up here in the Northeast. So you're thinking that maybe it's not Abraham Lincoln or Lincoln Kennedy? Well, I was originally thinking that, but since it's a multiple choice question and you only gave me two answers, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Honest Abe. Honest Abe, yes, I think you're the winner there, and you've got it there. You're a hundred percent right on your presidential tunnel questions. That's pretty good because I, I don't know if there. I'm sure there are other tunnels that I'm not thinking of right now, but I can't think of any other presidential. You know tunnels. I don't know what is going on here at Rock and Riley's tonight, but um, there are quite a few beautiful women walking by, like one after another. I think it's like a I don't know next America's Next Top Model search or something like that. But if any of you guys are bored and you're in the area of uh, you know 34th Street between 7th and 8th, you should definitely stop by the studio and say hi to me. Not that any of you would care that I'm here, but it seems to be a good night to be hanging out on the outside deck at Rock and Riley's. Do you ever find out what a woman is looking for and then try to match that with what you're looking for? Yeah, that's why I don't ever tell anybody I'm a fantasy sports analyst. You know, tell them I'm a race car driver, an astronaut, <laughs> cowboy. You get you get a lot more play that way. A doctor? And I, I think they're, they you know, they're it. With, the, with the whole, yeah, not really now. Stay tuned, more fantasy freestyle up next. Hey, fantasy nerds, here's a question for you. What do mozzarella sticks and the Fantasy Sports Radio Network have in common? They're both awesome apps. But seriously, download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app right now and get all your favorite shows and fantasy advice at the touch of a tiny icon on your screen. Snapchat and Instagram aren't going to help you win a fantasy football title, but the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app will. So go get it now on Google.